Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Welcome, friends and family, to episode 61 of the Backdoor Cut Show. Uh, you're listening on the Barnburner Podcast Network. We appreciate that or following along with us on the Barnburner Periscope, the underscore Barnburner on Twitter. This is Zach. You can find me on Twitter at Barnburner Bro. With me, I have Rich and Mason tonight. How are you guys? I know it's a lo- it's a it's a loaded question. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a tough one, definitely. Uh, in light of recent events, but happy to be on tonight. You know, catch up with y'all, talk the game. We all, you know, love and you know, really uh, pay some homage to a legend. So, yeah, uh, definitely a tough night for me, uh, for everyone involved in the NBA, and really this the loss of Kobe Bryant transcends the NBA and just basketball fans and kind of just reaches everyone. Uh, Kobe was a global icon. He could go to, you know, any country and people would know him walking down the street. There would be a throng of people following him, gathering him around. Uh, Being in Southern California at the time of this, you know, helicopter crash that took not only his life, also his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Marie's life, um, who was Mambasita. She is the one that you, you've you all seen in the videos hooping. She is the hooper of the family and the one who, uh, you know, was ready to carry on the legacy of the Black Mamba. Uh, she, she said as much herself. So, uh, and then, of course, seven other people on the helicopter. So just a tragic day, tough day, uh, really somber mood. Uh, I'm all across Southern California from what I've seen the past two days. And I'm sure, you know, we've seen across the landscape of the NBA, we've seen the tributes, the 24 second, you know, letting the 24 second shot mm-hmm. clock run off, the eight second shot clock or eight second backcourt uh, time run out. And I mean, it's just like each time you see a new one, it's like the same feeling, like your heart drops again and your eyes well up. So it's just, uh, you know, Sad, sad times, and rest in peace to Kobe, and prayers with the the families of all those involved. Yeah, do either of you guys have like a particular Kobe moment that sticks out to you from like your own personal experience? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I have two, like off the bat. So you know, I know this is a Grizzlies podcast, but I'm also a Laker fan. Uh, grew up a Laker fan, um, and so two moments that uh, stick out to me primarily was one. Uh, it was like my 13th birthday. Uh, my pops, you know, in knowing that I was a huge Laker fan, he surprised me with tickets to All-Star Weekend in Houston uh, where my dad lives and a Kobe jersey. Um, but he ordered the jersey from NBAstore.com. Uh, dad wasn't really tech savvy at the time. Didn't really uh, kind of know what he was doing, kind of. Ended up ordering me like a 5X, <laughs> um, you know. 
it's the effort that counts you know i appreciate it nonetheless but it's still upstairs in my closet and you know i've kept on to it all this time still can't wear it even though like i'm now big as hell um <laughs> and now you know I've, I've been saying like you know i have a moment to you know want to like kind of frame that and really um just kind of post it somewhere like in my future home uh like my home home with like my kids and my, my wife and whatnot um and yeah that's just something that's gonna you know it started off kind of as a joke but now it's gonna kind of stay with me forever uh and let's see secondly this was 20 i want to say 2016 uh i was living in los angeles at the time uh and hadn't been able to catch a laker game yet came home for winter break um to the m and my aunt uh her law firm actually like gets a lot of tickets to grizzlies games or whatever uh it's just something her law firm does uh, and so she was like, hey, like Lakers are going to be in town while you're home. You want to go to Laker game? I'm like, cool, bet. This was uh, Kobe's final season. Um, and so we get there and like I guess like her firm has like a like a little like specific section. They said and they were like, oh, the tickets have already been claimed by one of the other partners. And she's like, wait, what? Uh, and so like there's a whole conversation going on. I'm just like, so we're going to see the game or, or what? like what are, what are we doing? Um, and lo and behold, some big security dude comes out and was like, I'm going to take you all. We, we got some seats for you. So I'm thinking like, man, we're going to go up, you know, whatever higher levels. It's cool. I'm still see the Mamba. But when we start moving, we don't go up. We go down. And so I'm looking. I'm like, where the hell are we going? End up walking like in the tunnel, like where the players come out. I'm like, where the fuck are they taking us to sit? We're walking. We're walking. We end up courtside. They sit wow. up courtside. Now, how the fuck that happened to a Laker game? Because we know how Laker games are always sellouts. I will never know. I don't know if it was meant to be, um, you know, for me and Kobe to be in that space together. Um, but yeah, so I got to see courtside Kobe's like final time in Memphis, I believe. And so he played a little bit, ended up, he was like super wrapped up. Like I took hella pictures because mm-hmm. I was close to tell as close I'm ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like just bandaged up, just ice packs, ice chests. And like I remember he was going back to the locker room early. He stopped and he literally like just, you know, interacted with the crowd, you know, just you know, waves, you know, because he knew he knew the love he received, you know, pretty much everywhere he went. Um, and in that moment, being so close to him, uh, knowing that that was the farewell, I was just like, damn, I'm so glad that I'm here to take part in this, not only seeing the Lake Show, but, you know, in my hometown, in the forum, uh, a moment I'll never forget. Um, and then a few months later, of course, had the 60 piece uh, against the Jazz mm-hmm. uh, while I was rushing home in LA traffic to catch that and, you know, what a Kobe way to go out, man. 60 points, 50 shots. Black Mamba, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was the game in Memphis. That was when we had Vince Carter and uh, yep. Matt Barnes and them. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. that that and uh, his last matchup with Tony Allen when he uh, broke his kneecap. I think oh. that was the last time they, they went up. He broke his kneecap in uh-huh. Memphis. Um, so that one sticks out. But I, I think the most memorable for me and uh, – as Kobe was playing, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was a Kobe hater. Uh, just mainly it was because every all of my friends loved Kobe and someone needed to be that adversary. So I just kind of like stuck to doing that and like ended up talking myself into it. Like the Tim Duncan is better than Kobe. And uh, I might still believe that. I'm not sure. Uh, but but my, my favorite just memory has got to be that 60 point farewell game. I mean, the man's body was failing him and just uh, there's like really no way he should have been able to score 60 points uh in an nba game at the time 
And, you know, I know it took 50 shots, but it just kind of goes to speak to everything that he was about, the mama mentality, uh, putting in the extra work, just having that desire to be better than your opponent and to just want it more, to rip their hearts out. And uh, he did it one last time for, you know, the basketball universe, not even just Lakers fans. Uh, I, I remember watching that game and it was it was it like you were in a Memphis high school gym, like, oh shit, give it to Kobe. <laughs> give it to Kobe. <laughs> and like in that first quarter it was so it started off so rough. He was like 0 for 4, 0 for 5, 0 for 6, something like that. And then he like hits five in a row, and you can just feel the energy in the building. I remember NBA Twitter was a buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe this was at this exact same time that the Warriors were setting the record for most wins or tying the Bulls, and it was against the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think they got flexed, right? They got flexed to ESPN, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and and that's when that was like a couple weeks after we had a chance to beat the Warriors at home uh, to make the getting the record really hard, difficult for them, and the refs just cheated the Grizzlies out of the game. So you knew they were going to get the – get the record then, but yeah. you did not know that Kobe was going to go out scoring 60 points. Uh, and that was just an incredible feat, I thought, for someone at that age and just the way his body was. Uh, what about you, Zach? So mine, the his last game in Memphis, so Sam and I have uh, season tickets together, but we had a friend who sat who sits much closer. I think we were in the rafters at this point also, so we were not very close, but we had a friend who – had season tickets that were not too far behind the visitor bench, and he offered those up to us a couple times that year. Uh, Ed, thank you very much for this, by the way, if you're listening. Uh, So we got to sit like 10 rows behind him his last game uh, in Memphis. Like you said, Rich, dude's so bandaged up. He's like a mummy, got the ice packs on every joint possible. Uh, And so that was kind of cool, you know, get some really close pictures of him uh, just to be in that. That's one of those games that you're like, yeah, we have to go to this game for sure, no matter what. Another one was not necessarily involving Kobe, but it was the first time that LeBron as a Laker came to Memphis. And I, I think he was struggling maybe a little bit. And, you know, at a, it, whenever the Lakers go on the road, there's going to be a ton of Lakers fans. I assume that it's essentially a home crowd at, at least half the stadiums that they go to. Uh, just my assumption. But there's people everywhere just giving LeBron James crap about not being Kobe Bryant. <laughs> They're just like yelling at him, like, oh, or just talking to themselves, like, oh, he ain't no Kobe. He ain't no Kobe. I'm like, this guy's literally, I mean, you know, one of the greatest ever. But the Laker fans are so, so tied to Kobe Bryant. He meant so much to them that even LeBron James had to earn his stripes in that Laker uniform and prove something to that fan base. At first I thought they were crazy, but I mean, it's still, I can see the impact that he's made on, you know, the league, that franchise, the fans. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And Rich, I'll let you hit on it in a minute, but <clears throat> let me tell you something, bro. Uh, <laughs> it is no Kobe or LeBron in Los Angeles. It is Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. <laughs> Uh, there is no debate debate in Los Angeles between Kobe and LeBron, uh, even still. And but I think what has helped is Kobe really 
kind of opened that door and began to embrace LeBron mm -hmm. and, and honestly just embrace life uh, a little more. It seemed like since he's retired and uh, definitely since LeBron joined the Lakers, he just welcomed him with open arms. And because uh, I think he knows that the, the fan base is the way that they are. And like you said, there people like were mad that LeBron joined the Lakers. It's like, what, what are you mad about that for? You just got the best player in the world. Uh, but like I work with them every day and like that was true sentiments from real Lakers fans. Uh, so, I, but I think Kobe did a wonderful job of really embracing LeBron and slowly Laker nation, uh, especially this season as they're getting wins is, is beginning to embrace LeBron like, like they should. And I think now, uh, unfortunately with the loss of Kobe, it'll probably make them bring, come a little bit even closer to LeBron. Because um, law seems to do that for for all of us. Uh, uh, and and Rich, before I go on, you you go ahead if you got any thoughts on that. Oh yeah, no man. I mean, definitely you're, you know, speaking as somebody who kind of grew up a Laker fan. It was kind of like, you know, that 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 notion growing up where it's like, okay, it's one or the other. You can't you can't like Kobe and Braun. And so yeah. like I was somebody who grew up like not liking Braun just because I was like I'm a Kobe fan. I have to, this is what I have to do. Um, I literally crazy because Brian is like one of the top players, greatest players of all time, uh, in the discussion. Um, 2016 is what turned my tide on Braun, uh, going back to Cleveland, mm -hmm. fucking, you know, killing the Golden State juggernaut, if you will. And that's what really turned my tide. But still in that, I was still devout to Kobe. It's like this weird allegiance you have to have, uh, in Lakerland where it's like, you know, Kobe could do no wrong. Like those final years where the Lakers were terrible, Kobe was hanging on by a thread. Nobody, <laughs> don't fuck, you can't talk ill of Kobe Bryant. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. And so, you know, definitely I think Kobe extending that olive branch to Braun, you know, coming in, um, I think that really meant a lot to LeBron um, because he wasn't trying to come in and fill Kobe's shoes. Um, you know, I think coming to Lakerland was something he always wanted to do. It was a strategic move. Like, you know, he's so savvy off of the court as well. This was more than a basketball decision for him. Um, and, you know, being able for Kobe to accept him in that light, I'm sure meant a lot to him. And I also think, you know, the bond Kobe and, and Gigi were able to really build through basketball um, really, you know, helped him to kind of not necessarily loosen up a bit, but really find that joy again, because he was somebody who was saying like, he hadn't watched the NBA game until uh, Gianna was telling him like, yo, I like ball. Like I like Trey Young. I like Luka Doncic. And that really kind of, you know, kind of lit a fire under Kobe. I feel, um, you know, you started seeing them popping up more Laker games. You started, you know, he was coaching the, the team. They were, you know, flying to Atlanta to see Trey Young, going to UConn senior night versus Oregon last year, women's basketball. Um, and I think, like, you know, Kobe kind of remembered how much the game was a part of his life, and he was able to share that with his daughter. You know, you know, Durang's fans are always, you know, coming up to him, were always saying, like, yo, man, when you go have that boy, we got to have the Mamba. We got to. You know, and I saw an interview, I think, yesterday, uh, and it was basically saying, like, no, like, Gigi's like, no, she got this. Like, she's yeah. carrying that torch. Like, she's more than capable. Like, she, she's going to fill those shoes. So just seeing, you know, not only the basketball player he was, but seeing the father he was able to be, um, especially, like, after retirement, um, it was just it was just beautiful to see, man. Like, he was all in on fatherhood and just being the best family man he could be. Yeah, and even um, before retirement, <clears throat> which <clears throat> all this kind of ties in, he the reason he started traveling by helicopter was because 
well, LA traffic is just a nightmare, first of all. Uh, but he lives down in Orange County, and the Lakers, you know, practice a good hour and a half away if you're driving during work hours. Um, so what Kobe decided to do was helicopter, and the main reason he was doing that was so he could take his girls to school, chopper to practice, get his workout in, do everything he needed to do there, chopper back so he could pick the girls up from school. He said, Vanessa was like, you know, I, I'll pick the girls up. Like, don't worry about it. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm on the road enough. Like, I, I need to appreciate these times. Uh, and, you know, we know he woke up at 5 a.m. and was kind of first, like doing stuff on his own, working out. Um, so that was kind of, you know, uh, just shows, like you were saying, the type of father he he was and inspired to be. Uh, and then his love for the game. He was coaching Gianna. He was coaching Zebo's daughter, McKin McKinley, mm -hmm. uh, who has moved out to Los Angeles, and she's actually going to go to Sierra Canyon High School. Um, but she was playing with Gigi, and, like, they were a pretty dynamic duo. <laughs> and, and not only was he becoming an advocate for girls uh, basketball, the WNBA, but he was also welcoming NBA players, uh, elite players, to come back in, and, and he was working on their offensive skills. So – yeah, he he really like it, it ignited that passion in him when she wanted him to like start watching NBA games and stuff. Uh, so that was cool to see how much he was giving back. And I think that's also kind of what makes this so hard is Kobe was just getting started in his after basketball life. Like he he already won an Oscar uh, for Deer Basketball and he's got his foundation. We know he was doing things with that. He's got a series of children children's books out. He, of course, released uh, The Mamba Mentality, How I Play, his like, autobiography. And, I mean, it's just like, what else could he have done? He had a, he had a show on ESPN Plus, Detail. Detail, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like when you see someone that has that level of greatness, it, it just feels like many times they're, they're taken too soon from us for whatever reason. Yeah, well, <clears throat> well said, guys. Uh, I know it seems a little superficial, but... We can talk a little bit of Grizzlies tonight. Had uh, three games since last week. The first one, not a whole lot to mention in that one. The Grizzlies got pummeled by the Celtics. That that was one of the uh, of my season. I think that was one of the more highly anticipated evenings. We had the Grizzlies tipping off early tip up in Boston. So you get that six thirty tip in. Tigers tipping a little bit later, and then debut of Zion. Well, the first two sucked really bad. The Zion <laughs> debut, I, I'll be honest, I didn't stay up to the fourth quarter to watch it, so I had to watch all the highlights the next Damn. day. So I missed what was a highly anticipated, and also I didn't have the mental fortitude to keep watching basketball after those first two annihilations. Uh, so I had to watch all that on highlights, but that, that pretty much sums up that. <laughs> Yeah, Zion was awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that that was fun. Uh, definitely look forward to uh, seeing more of him. But next time, how about you play in Memphis, please? Thank you. Hey, Friday. Friday, yeah. Yeah, they'll be here. Is that here or that's in New Orleans, I think? Oh, uh, no. I think it's here. Uh, it's in New Orleans. You're right. <laughs> Too but good to be true. Coming, you had you have my hopes. New up. York, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll we'll get him another time. Hopefully, he's not uh sitting out that game. Okay, uh, Pistons game. Played that last week on the twenty fourth. Um, you guys, any thoughts on that one? Grizzlies ended up winning 
125-112 against the the 17 and 29 Pistons. So they're having a a tough year. Blake Griffin's already been ruled out. They do have one guy that we're familiar with who's having a second really good season in a row. Oh yeah, Mr. Derrick Rose. Future Blake Griffin trade deadline. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I hear I hear Dan Collison is ready. Hey, if they if they, I'm I'm fine either way. Collison will work. Yeah, I mean that's that's from Darren. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that the John Morant D Rose matchup was obviously cool. Old Memphis versus New Memphis. But uh, the thing that sticks out to me in this game was Jaron Jackson's first half when he had 24 points and was just in fuego. And then somehow, like throughout the entire third quarter and, and until like we actually absolutely have to have a bucket in the fourth quarter he like doesn't touch the ball on offense like I, I, it was like i don't know if it was a franchise record in the first half or he was nearing a franchise record for points scored and then like we just don't get him the ball and uh that's kind of one of the downfalls of this free-flowing motion offense um but yeah, we do it, have a lot of spells where it doesn't guys seem to just disappear it, it can be even jaw seems to take a lot of the middle of the game off he he's had some really hot starts, but what's consistent is the fourth quarter. We definitely look to him in the fourth quarters. I mean, you know, Jaws coming in yeah. the fourth, which is it's so nice to have that person that you know is going to close the game out. Like that, they're just hunting. They're like, all right, fourth quarter, I'm going to get eight to twelve. Like we need it. I'm going for it tonight. Hell yeah! I think that game was really, you know, definitely Jaren's first half, but also like seeing Ja with the double double. I think BC had a double double too, if I'm not mistaken. But I think Ja had 12 assists and like yeah, mm-hmm. uh, certain amount of points, double double, and like just like you said, man, that fourth quarter, I was watching the telecast and like just being able to have that person on your team um, is just such a good feeling um, because I know when the ball in his hands, something good is gonna happen. Um, you know, yeah, they're young. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. Yeah, they're going to be, you know, a little more turnovers than you like to see. But, man, he's just a game changer, whether that's attacking the paint, you know, getting fouled, finding, finding, you know, a big for a lob or what have you. He's just has such an aggressive downhill mentality that you can just see the defenders like on their skates. You know, everybody's just freezing, waiting to see what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, to have him on our side, you know, boy, the truth. Another, yeah. another big night by Dylan. Yeah, I, I mean, it, when, yeah, when John and Jaron weren't scoring, Dylan, man, just flamethrowing. <laughs> Four or five from three, hit all nine of his free throws, 27 points. He doesn't fill up the stat sheet anywhere else except fouls. He does that pretty <laughs> consistently, but but he, he gets a lot of tough defensive assignments. So yeah. he, he gets a lot of fouls that way. But, I mean, Dylan, that – it's a freaking awesome how well he's panning out right now. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I'm sitting here looking up fourth quarter scoring, and Ja Morant is fifth, and uh, fourth is Giannis, third is Trey Young, second is Zion, who's only played three games, but he's averaging nine in the fourth, Amazing. and then uh, and Harden is one. So like, <laughs> as those are all that, MVP, yeah. MVP caliber candidates. I mean, minus Trey, but. Uh, you know, to have some, and I'm sure Hawks fans feel the same way, except they suck and we don't. <laughs> to have someone that you can turn to in the fourth quarter, is, just, I, I mean, what what are the possibilities? You know, <laughs> is it going to be scoring twenty in the fourth? Right, but they do have a uh, all star starter, and we don't. But that's true. Would we in the East? Uh, I think next year. 
Yeah. I don't know if uh, Ja would get the nod necessarily as a rookie, but I think in the, if he's in the Trey Young situation, like uh, say he got drafted by the Hawks, he'd probably be right up there. Let me rephrase my question. Rich, Trey yeah. Young, Trey Young or Ja, who are you taking? Uh, well, John Morant. Yeah, well, that <laughs> wasn't Morant. your question. You, <laughs> your question had a lot of like circumstances involved in it. I don't, even, I don't even remember my first question, but yeah. the answer is always John Morant. Well, yeah. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, Phoenix, right? Yeah, Phoenix game. That one was a little too close for comfort. Uh, Grizzlies pulled it out by five points, uh, started off real hot in the first quarter, and then slowly gave up their lead through the second and third quarters, but took it back. Uh, in the fourth, ended up winning by five points. Um, Devin Booker, he's just, he's playing at a really high level right now. Always good to have him on your fantasy team. Free advice to anyone: get him in the. <laughs> if you're a mid first round pick, you got to pick up Devin Booker. It hasn't it hasn't failed me yet. Uh, Booker and Ubre pretty much carried the offensive load for uh, Phoenix in this one. What do you guys think? I I don't know what I think of DeAndre Ayton. I like can't decide. He had 17 and 15 against us, but he's seven and 19 from the field. I just I'm not I'm not really sure what I think. Do you guys have like a vibe on him yet? I'm just always in awe that he was selected over Jaren and Luka Doncic. <laughs> I, that that part is for sure true. I'm trying to think like so he's not a number one overall pick. Like shouldn't no. be. But I like, mean, is he worth a high lottery pick? I, I can't decide. I mean, he was one of those like dominate, just you know, bigger than everybody prospects. Like you know, able to dominate high school. You know, he did his thing at Arizona, um, and I just don't know like how well that kind of translates to today's game. I mean, he's a talented player, nonetheless. It's just also I don't think his game is pretty. Like I'm not trying to like turn on league pass to see DeAndre Aiden you know, post up and back somebody down. Like, that's just not kind of what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think he's just always going to have to deal with that, you know, seeing the quick ascension of Luca and seeing Jaron, like there's going to be constant comparison. Um, even Trey, uh, to an extent, um, that, you know, this dude went number one overall over these, you know, kind of generational talents. Uh, and so I think, you know, it's going to be really hard for him to kind of live up to that billing. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It's also tough being a fucking Phoenix. So <laughs> yeah, you, you can't judge anyone by the time yeah. of Phoenix. But uh, I, I mean, it's all going to be based on if he can get a jump shot and spread the floor. Um, he's got the physical tools to be, you know, an NBA player, even if he doesn't develop a, another skill the rest of his basketball career. He could be a, a probably a, at minimum a backup center. Um, but it's just going to be how much he can expand his game. Can he be like what DeMar- the best version of DeMarcus Cousins was? Or is he always going to be like Joe Kim Noah uh, with, you know, and if he even has that type of fire or passing ability, that's probably unfair to Joe Kim Noah, but can he be what he is right now or DeMarcus Cousins? Another interesting thing that happened in this game or didn't happen, I guess. So Crowder, Jay Crowder didn't score in the game, the previous game against Detroit and he was on the injury report, sat the Phoenix game with uh, knee soreness, I believe, is the verdict on that, or what the team is classifying it as. So Kyle Anderson got the start in place of 
Jay Crowder. And this one, yeah, Grayson Allen also was injured. He's out with a hip. So kind of getting a little light on the wings, the Grizzlies are. Uh, but I did some did some digging, minor digging on the game. I wanted to see kind of how the guys play when Kyle's out there and compare it to the eye test. So I looked at the plus minus for when Kyle was on court uh, for each individual guy and when Kyle was off court. And for the most part, the guys that he played significant minutes with, and he played 28 minutes in this game, everyone but Jonas had a significantly better plus minus than when Kyle was on the court as opposed to when he was off the court. So it's something I'm going to probably keep looking at on a game by game basis and see if there's see if there's some trend there cuz to me Kyle's a guy that he he's not out there trying to get his own stats. He's not going to be a big scoring threat most of the time, but you look he got 12 rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Uh, he he does a lot of the small things and I think that's that's something we know. We know he doesn't shoot well. That's not his bag of tea cup of tea. <laughs> well, you got to have a bag of tea first before oh, you make the cup of tea. Just don't get tea bagged. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get tea bagged. You can't put those two together. Uh, but yeah, so he he kind of <laughs> raises the ceiling or raises the floor for everyone else yeah. when he's out there. And yeah. so that's kind of a lot of the hipster, you know, Memphis NBA crowd's been wanting to see more Kyle minutes. And I've been wanting to see them just as like get eyes on what that situation actually looks like. And is he a viable player in this offense uh, with with this scheme that we have going, even with his lack of outside shooting? Yeah, I just think he's a very intelligent basketball player. Um, I think he's you know very smart um, and just positively impacts the game in ways that like we might not even see. Um, you know, look up and I was looking at the stats uh, having twelve rebounds, like you stated uh, against Phoenix. Um, and I'm just like, oh, whoa, like, you know, when did that happen? <laughs> when did that happen? When did he do this? Um, and, you know, also, of course, we know he's a former point guard, uh, UCLA. So he he's able to handle the ball. Um, and yeah, he moves at his own pace. Like he's not going to speed the game up for anybody. Uh, I love it when he gets his finishes at the rim. Like, I think he's a crafty, underrated finisher. Uh, I'm not going to dunk on anybody, but that layup package is pretty nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would love to see more from him. Um, continue like more time on the court. Uh, with the guys because I think he still falls kind of within that similar age range to you know kind of the movement that we're we're taking for so I would love to see like you know if Kyle is going to be a part of that um, and to see like to the stats point like if he's positively impacting his time on the floor you know let's get him out there yeah he, he at least by plus minus standards against Phoenix he was like pretty much a net zero his, his stats were not really impacted but most of the other guys he was playing with mm-hmm. performed better. And yeah. I, I think it's good to have guys on your team that do that, that can get it, get down and do some of the dirty work and don't have to, you know, they're not living and dying by how many points they score. You got guys like, I mean, DB needs his points. Like that's what gets <laughs> him going on both ends of the floor. That's what gets the team going. Everyone gets hype when that happens. Yeah. But we don't need everyone like that. If everyone was like that, then some games we might have like 40 points. And then up 400 the next game. Yeah, and I think Kyle's passing ability really helps uh, Jaron and Brandon uh, Clark and, and really, uh, I mean, our whole team, but those two in particular because um, Jaron, you know, finds a spot and B. Clark likes to cut. 
Um, but I just looked up our season, our lineups on the season, and we have 10 lineups that have played at least four games and at least three minutes per game and are positive net rating. And Kyle's in five of those 10 lineups. So, um, wow. you know, he, I'm definitely a big fan of Kyle. Uh, you know, apparently, whatever Jay does in the locker room and stuff, I, you know, I appreciate it for sure. But I think we're seeing that uh, Kyle is makes this team better when he's playing with the starters. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of what Jay, if he's not hitting shots, he's detracting from the offense. Cause he's going to, he's going to shoot it every time he gets the ball. And we don't Kyle, lose a lot defensively. Right. With, with Kyle. Yeah. Cause he still has, he's still super high IQ makes crazy deflections. You don't see coming. Yeah. Like he surprisingly quick on the reach ins. Yeah. Orm's long as shit. Yeah. Yeah, he has a definite advantage in in that aspect. So yeah. just something to keep an eye on. Uh, also, we went thirty thirty. As Bill Simmons likes to point out, we went thirty two minutes without bringing up Josh Jackson. Not always Josh Jackson, but he always gives the timestamp for how long it took for something to come up. Uh, we, we're Josh not gonna Jackson, talk about, we're not going to talk about Josh closing that game against the Suns out again. Oh, hey, we could talk about it. I mean, what happened? Didn't he close it out? That's we, why I didn't bring it up. I didn't we, take the notes on it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we won by five, but yeah. I mean, just I know he 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 definitely he had some moments in the fourth where he just kind of put the team on his back a little bit. Uh, I remember one play in particular where um, he had like kind of noticed. He said Jenkins had kind of noticed how they were kind of switching the screens, and so you know, in knowing you know you have to respect Jaron's three point shooting ability, Jaw like. Calls for the pick and roll with BC. Um, Mikael Bridges like kind of came out and was kind of lost in no man's land. Ja with the ball in the string. BC just dives to the rim. Ja just throws that bitch up. And like that was just kind of a game changer that lob. And you know, Ja does this little, you know, like, you know, yeah, like I got the goggles, like, you know, point <laughs> guard. So yeah, man, I mean, he just, he's a closer. He's a fucking finisher. Um, he puts his guys in position to be successful. And yeah, he closed that. I mean, he crossed someone up in the middle of the lane. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the most random spot I've ever seen someone get crossed. Like going across the lane, he just crosses. Uh, was it Aiden? It was Aiden, right? I hope it was Aiden. And, and he crossed him up and, and got the bucket. And then, I mean, he had the huge uh, tip dunk when he dunked on Brandon Clark. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Showing off his athleticism. But really, uh, the Suns and the Pistons game. Uh, as Chief said when he texted us, he's that was our two franchise pillars closing out a game, closing out games. Um, so another big game from Jaron, shooting the ball well, especially early on. Um, so just, I mean, it, more exciting stuff. The the two losses, uh, MLK Day, and then to Boston sucked, but good to see this team bounce back with two wins over uh, you know teams that we're just frankly better than at this point. Yeah, and Jod did make two huge free throws to put the Grizzlies up by three with under 20 seconds left. Uh, and that, that kind of sealed it. Kyle made a couple free throws also, but those two made it. I think it, he had 14 up. in the fourth. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, he's explosive. Just so now I can move to Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, guys, Josh Jackson's going to be on the Grizzlies uh, tomorrow on uh, tomorrow. playing against Denver at home. So that could be kind of cool with, like I mentioned, Jay, Grayson, Bruno's out too with injury. It's been a very 
knock on wood, surprisingly low amount of injuries this season, which then goes without saying has been one of the key reasons that the Grizzlies have had the success that they've had and been able to, you know, overachieve a little bit compared to what we were expecting from them. But we're going to get to see, hopefully, Josh Jackson, if not tomorrow, maybe later this week uh, in one of the other games. How you guys feeling about that? I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I, I was at work earlier today, and, like, I saw the fucking Grizzly PR tweet, and I was just, like, making sure it wasn't, like, a spam fake account or some <laughs> shit. Um, but it was official. It was Grizzly's PR. And, you know, I mean, it made sense. As soon as I saw that Grayson was going to be on the men for a minute, I was like, hmm, if only we had another wing that was being exiled in Mississippi that could possibly help. And then, lo and behold, about 10, 15 minutes later, uh, Josh is called up. So, man, I'm just – I just hope, like, he, he gets an opportunity. Um, you know, aside from like the one missed meeting, um, I think he's really accepted that role down in South Haven and, you know, clearly been a level above all the talent he's playing and he's kind of pretty oh, much yeah. done the right things. Um, and so, you know, all, all you can ever ask for is opportunity. So I'm hoping that, you know, he comes in, he does his thing, whether this is for to audition with the Grizzlies or, you know, for something else down the line. I'm just glad he's getting a chance uh, because the, the G League is for kind of like a showcase. It's not meant to be like exile, but that's kind of like what was happening with Josh. That's kind of how it was presented to him. So I'm happy that he's back with the big club for a minute and hopefully he's able to ball out and kind of show some of that number four overall pick worth. Yeah. And I mean, before I get into Josh, I think it's only fair to mention, um, and I know it was extenuating circumstances, but I saw enough of Marco for the rest of the season uh, <laughs> Sunday against <Yeah>. Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, no, nah, I mean, I know, you know, circumstances were bad, but I, I've seen seen enough from when he was in the rotation and, yeah. and last night that uh, unless injuries come about and, and even if they do, I might be willing to give you to some minutes over him um, just because he hasn't shown the ability. I know he's still a rookie, even though he's a little older. So maybe maybe next year he'll be able to contribute. But <laughs> did not think I'd be saying this at the beginning of the season, but he can't help us make the playoffs, man. <laughs> like, like we in a playoff push. <laughs> Got to get those non-talented players on the bench. Uh, and but Roser said when he went to South Haven that he was the best player on the court. So you know maybe it was just a bad game. Of course, you know circumstances yesterday uh, with the passing of Kobe is just hard to play and especially a lot of the international guys took it really hard because Kobe was so big in those countries you know you, you don't have access to all 30 teams in some of those countries and but you you can <laughs> you're always going to be able to get the lake show um so but yeah Josh Jackson somehow like makes our team even more athletic than we already are like there's just another guy you got to watch flying to the rim another a uh, guy that Jock can throw a no-look lob to. And he's been knocking down the three fairly well. I'm not expecting him to be a world, you know, anything that's going to change our season, but I do think he can be a contributor, and I'm excited to see what he has to offer. And I definitely think he's got more than Marco. Yeah, man. The watch Marco was pretty painful. It was like, it's like the kid on your team where every time he gets the ball, you're like, here, give it back, give it back. Like you just passed it to <laughs> yeah, him when, he, yeah. when you accidentally picked up your dribble, but you're like afraid they're going to turn it over or take some crazy or like a long contested three. I, that, yeah, that's how I felt with him. 
but I, I think with Josh, like if he can just get some run and if he can play well and best case scenario, he could be trade at the deadline to someone who needs him. Yeah. And you could get more assets in return for when you need to make a yeah. big push for that third star along with John ja Jaron. Cause I truly think that's what we're going to be building towards. I'm not counting on free agency. It's going to be some pick in the next year or two or some trade in the next year or two where we have to trade a couple of B plus guys and about three first round picks to someone to get that all-star next to these guys. So the more that we can do to build towards that, the better. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good point with potentially, you know, trading Josh and getting assets. Um, as of this moment, I don't know how he would feel about re-signing in Memphis, but yeah, this, but yeah. <laughs> if he plays and he's part of you know the playoff push and we make the playoffs and he has a season where he stays out of trouble and you know we offer him a fair deal compared to what else he gets, who knows? Maybe he can be a part of the future. You know? Yeah. We Speaking got it's, it's house money. <laughs> Speaking of the future and the trade deadline, are we going to talk about um our boy? Andre Iguodala's ESPN media blitz this past week, just like he's just like retired and fucking being an analyst and shit. Like, are we going to touch on that a little bit? Of all the emotions I've went through uh, the past two days, blood fucking boiling has not been one of them, but Iggy makes my blood <laughs> boil. Like, you are not a victim. Like, <laughs> Get that out of my face. <laughs> Fucking so like, irritating, man. Making eighteen honestly, million dollars, you're like, what? Mm, making eighteen million dollars and not do anything, and you're like acting like you're, you're mad at your employer and a whole city. They're putting <laughs> you through so much pain and suffering. That is ridiculous. Come on. Says a blessing in the skies. Like no, brother. Hey, it's, it's a blessing. The <laughs> <laughs> blessing comes every two weeks. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think if, if you were to ask me which NBA player I dislike the most right now, it would be Andre Iguodala. Uh, I, I hope I hope he goes to a team that's not the Lakers because I'm now rooting for the Lakers to win the right. championship. I hope he goes to a team and sucks ass. <laughs> like I hope he's out of shape and just can't hoop. Hope the Monstars got him for Space Jam too. <laughs> I do hope that this like media campaigning that you mentioned – puts him keeps him on the radar in front of teams and maybe somehow makes him more of a desirable trade target. I don't know. He, yeah. It's that, crazy, man. Also, don't buy him out. Make him wait. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. just just trade him for whatever, you know. Totally. At at the, at the last as long as you're not having to take on, you yeah. know, money for for yeah. multiple years. Um, yeah, but I, he is the first order of business, I would say. And other candidates, of course, Jay Crowder, Solo, maybe, uh, Kyle, potentially, Josh, potentially. I, I think we'd, we'd all be surprised if anyone else was moved, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you would say yeah. everyone else on the sure. roster is either. I mean, Bruno maybe as a filler if needed. Yeah. No but, one else is going to be the center of a trade package. No. Yeah. Not at this point, at least. Who we got coming up this week? We've got the Nuggets at home tomorrow. Then okay. Knicks. Madison Square Garden, baby. Yeah, up at MSG on Wednesday. Okay. And then to the Smoothie King Center. A sold, likely sold out Smoothie King Center on Friday. Oh, yeah. 
For had sure. to give them their perk because they, they don't get that sellout game much. Like we do all the time. Oh, you're a dick. So, I mean, we, we'd like to go two and one this week. Nuggets will be tough, but it is we have been protecting home court pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you expect to win at the Knicks. Yeah, you um, yeah. you hope to win that one. New Orleans might be New Orleans That's is gonna be interesting. Because they they're turning into like a like that crowd I saw for Zion's debut, I've never seen a crowd in the Smoothie King Center like that. So I think they're kind of re-energized. You know, I think the players are re-energized as well with having him back. So definitely that's going to be a tough road environment, Zion, Ja. Uh, but it should be a good one. And I think we should be able to pull that out too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, they came in here and punched us in the mouth on a big, big day for us. Um, so it's only right that we go down there and return the favor. Yeah. And I mean, at this week, I didn't even think about it, but we got a uh, Two versus three and Ja versus RJ and then Ooh, Ja yeah. versus Zion, one versus two. So Yeah, I think RJ's out though. Is he? Is he hurt? Yeah, another week. Uh with the I think the ankle. Ah, okay. I was about to say the next episode of NBA Rooks on ESPN Plus might be worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've watched I think like four of them. I kinda liked it. Yeah, all right. They could be better. I straight. <laughs> it could be better. Uh, if you're on if you're uh Look, if you have a ton of time, I guess. Have you watched the um, the harder way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I how much Tiger basketball can handle right now, but uh, the just the really long. I'm oh, like the basketball love story? basketball love story. Yep, that's really good. This summer, it's probably a good summertime thing to watch to whet your appetite for the upcoming season. Well, let me tell you what pisses me off about ESPN Plus is they don't keep your place. Like you've got basically got to keep a log of which episodes you watched. Yeah, you got to like figure. You got to watch yeah. them back to back. You can't take yeah. too many days I'm off. Or you forget. What kind of streaming service is this? Don't tell you which ones you watch. You got to get like halfway through the episode. And you're like, no, nah, this looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's just kind of something you put on and you're doing other stuff. It's not something you're fully tuned into. But yeah, that's annoying with ESPN Plus. Yep. Well, that about does it for me. You can find us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show on the Barnburner Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Zach, Mason, and Rich. And until next time, go Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Rest in peace, Mamba. Mamba forever, baby.